Heavenly Father, we pray that in your great mercy and in your glorious name, that you will reveal Jesus to us now through the power of the Holy Spirit. In his precious name we pray. Amen. So we've been doing a series on the Holy Spirit, and my task today is to do the good bit. I'm talking about this one verse, um, that we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, and we were all given the Holy Spirit to drink. Uh, It's quite easy, isn't it? Except that Nicola, my wife, was preaching last week, and she left me half of her sermon to finish off as well. So I'll, I'll touch on some of those things. Last week, if you were here, you would have heard Nicola teaching through the list of gifts that the Holy Spirit gives out. There's a definition of each of them on the back of your study notes, and please do have a look at that. Uh, We sort of left off with talking about how the Holy Spirit can give us faith. Faith is an amazing thing, isn't it? Uh, Faith is the gift that you possess when you come to church on a Sunday morning and go, I just know God's going to do something for me here today. And you're stirring up in your spirit going, I want to encounter God today. Anyone been in that place today? It tends to happen when you've been praying, okay? This is, this is a clue, okay? So if you pray about something, the faith increases and it rises. And God wants to do stuff among us today. So, Lord, please stir up faith in our hearts that we're going to encounter him. It really is that easy. So if you're sitting there, just go, God, please give me more faith. Please give me more faith that you want to do something today in my life. Anyone doing that? Matt's going like this. <laughs> this is going on the, on the podcast. That's Matt Blackman, by the way, for the podcast, going like this, not having any of that. More faith, Lord, and God starts to do things in us. He also brings about healing uh, by the Spirit. Wonderful gift of healing where he works in our lives and reorientates our psyche, our spirit, our body, our emotions back into the whole way that it's supposed to be. And we've had some lovely testimonies of God doing some of those things among us. He also um, gives miraculous powers. Miraculous powers being the ability to change things that shouldn't be as they are. And we see God doing some signs of that, don't we? Nicola pointed out that actually these things often seem to have accompanied the church's history at times of pushing forward, at times of great breakthrough, at times of change, at times of pioneering. So, uh, for example, uh, in the early church, if you read or listen to the Acts of the Apostles being read out to you, uh, say on the, uh, the Version app, um, you'll hear miracle after miracle. I was listening to one this morning. The disciples are just there. They're starting to preach. God's power has come on them. They've been baptized by the Spirit, and they get put in prison. Anyone feel like they've been put in an emotional or financial or spiritual prison? They get stuck in prison. They're trapped. And while they're praising God in the prison, because they're praising God that they're getting persecuted, while they're praising God in the prison... And God breaks through, and they just get out of the prison. It's a miracle. And they start praising God and preaching him. (laughs) God does miraculous things, often at times where we're trying to advance the gospel, and we see him moving things forward. And we look to say forth at other things as well. But he gives to each one of us, it says, the Holy Spirit. And I want to try and illustrate this. Could we get the TV cameras on, Dave? Is that that too? Do you know how to do that? Someone help him if he doesn't know. No, it'd be nice. Um, saves me wandering around all the posts all the time. So I want to illustrate it with a balloon, a bowl of water, a candle, 
and a marker pen and a glass of water, what the Holy Spirit does. So if you're here thinking, don't know a huge amount about the Holy Spirit, not sure I want it, well, listen to some of the back episodes, but, but this, this is us. We're like a balloon, sort of crinkly, um, but with all the potential to be filled with God. In, in us is already this glorious potential, the, the shape that can be filled up by God. Look, all the crinkles gone. <laughs> and what God does for us when he baptizes us into his love in his spirit is he washes us and cleans us and then <laughs> fills us. Can you see how this balloon's filled? <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? It's a full balloon. Nice and tight and taut. And, and there we are. We've got God in us, the wrinkles of God. We've been cleaned. Uh, we've been sorted out. But being the budding scientist I can see you all are, you can see there's more potential in this balloon than just that, isn't there? So if I was to uh, drink the Holy Spirit again, I have enormous potential to become more like God, more filled with the Spirit as my life goes on. And if again, I were to uh, receive more of the Spirit, can you see, my potential's increased along the way. Now, strange thing is about my life, I don't know about yours, but sometimes I leak, and not always in a very nice way. <laughs> and sometimes you can have got so far with God, and it looks like you've gone back to a basic sort of mini melon. <laughs> you've started out with God, but it's all just sort of dissipated. And I don't know if anyone's felt like that. Imagine the Apostle Peter after the crucifixion of Jesus. <laughs> he'd been filled with the Spirit, hadn't he, to the point where he could do miracles. And yet he'd let Jesus down badly, and he just felt like that again. And what did Jesus tell Peter to do? He said, wait for the Holy Spirit. It's going to come upon you. Just wait. Did Peter manage to wait? Well, read the book of Acts, you'll find he didn't manage to sit still and wait. But he did a fairly good job. And then the Holy Spirit came, and they were baptized by the Spirit in Acts 1. More than it's ever been before. And you know, when we're baptized by the Spirit, when the Spirit gets hold of us, it says that it doesn't just get hold of us and fill us, he also seals us and gives us an identity that's unshakable. The name of Jesus over our lives. And so even if you happen to screw up the rest of your life, <laughs> when this balloon gets filed in the great filing cabinet in the high, <laughs> it goes into the drawer marked Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus has sealed the believer with his spirit. You can't get rid of that seal. That seal's there. Technically, you can wipe off this marker pen, but you can't get rid of the seal. The Holy Spirit's there. He guarantees your inheritance. Have you ever prayed, God, please let Jesus be Lord of my life? Have you ever asked Jesus into your life? Have you ever said, I would like the Holy Spirit in my life? If you have and you meant it and you made him Lord of your life, that seal's still there, even if you feel and look like this. But let's do a little bit of a history lesson, shall we? <laughs> and we're going to use the 
a market chart for this. Something wonderful happened to the church worldwide in the 20th century. It began in 1906. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? 1906 in the southern states of the USA. There was a meeting of what was called Negroes in those days, in that continent. And they set the world on fire in a whole new way. At Azusa Street, the start of the Pentecostal church began. Pentecostal church. And people who have been walking along with God, like this, like maybe you and I, the balloon going up and down. Does that make sense? Through life. Suddenly found they had a huge leap forward with God. (laughs) When they were what they called baptized by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit just filled them to overflowing. And the evidence that they had for this was the gift of tongues, speaking in tongues. And it felt like what they read about in the book of Acts. People were suddenly praying and speaking in tongues. Just uh, Languages they'd never learned. They were praising and worshipping God. And it felt like a huge leap forward. So much so that it would be tempting for people in that level to say, Oh, we're up here Christians, and we used to be down here Christians. So we're better than you, hey? Does that make sense? And have a two-tier type of Christianity. Those who are baptized in the Spirit and those not. Two-tier Christianity has been normal throughout history. Uh, Do you remember what it used to be? It used to be priests and people before the Reformation. After the Reformation, it became missionaries, (laughs) teachers, Vicarishes, <laughs> and then random people. But we know that that's not how God sees it, don't we? God says we're all baptized by one spirit. We all operate in the same realm. There's only one church. There isn't a division. And yet these people had seen this huge leap forward. It felt like they were on a different plane to everyone else. Does that make sense? They had this experience of the Holy Spirit. There was a leap forward in their lives. What do we make of that? Well, throughout the 20th century, Pentecostal church grew phenomenally, not least because they argued with one another on such regular occasions, they had to start new churches all the time. And because it was a lightweight church, you just went and met in another house. You gathered 10 people around you, you agreed to 20, 50, 100, you got a new church all of a sudden, and they have an argument, you start another church, another argument, start another church. In Wolverhampton, where we lived, there was a, sort of a Pentecostal church movement around the Punjabi people. Just kept expanding and expanding and expanding because they kept arguing with one another (laughs) and had to start a new church with people that they liked still. (laughs) Anglicans much more steady than that. We wouldn't dream of doing that, would we? (laughs) Would we? But there you are. Uh, But it's lovely experience of God's spirit. Now, one thing that just seems hugely important for me to bear in mind here, and this is building on a guy called Wayne Grudem's wonderful systematic theology. It comes to me from a man called Ivor Saunders. Ivor Saunders was ordained at the same time as me. He had gone for ordination when he was 23 and been told to go away. So he was a probation worker for the best part of 40 years. Was ordained age 64 as a locally ordained minister in the Diocese of Litchfield. And Ivor was one of those just beautifully steady people. And his journey probably looked more like this. Can you see? He was one of those sort of 
Bible-reading, old-school Anglicans who every morning would wake up, do a quiet time, and grow gently with God. A lovely thing. He just kept growing and growing and growing with God through his life. And can you see how this point here is tangibly higher than this point here? He's growing gradually, being filled with the Spirit on a daily basis through his scripture reading and prayer. And that effectively could be higher than the point where you've had the massive experience. Hugely important thing to bear in mind, I think. Because some people go through life with these ups and downs, and other people are very steady. And we must never look down on anyone and say, oh, you're better than me because you had an experience, or I'm worse than you because I didn't have an experience. Or, oh, your daily routine is nothing. My once-a-year event at Soul Survivor is everything. Why did I think of Soul Survivor for that? Never mind. Um, so here we are. What did we learn over the 20th century? When about 1960, people began to realize that this, this looks lovely, but why have one of them in your life? <laughs> why just have one jump? If most of us are right like this, we get a little jump, and then we're like this again, let's have some more jumps. And we began to realize that the scripture teaches, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So rather than a one-off experience, get filled regularly with the Holy Spirit. And these can be great leaps forward in your life, and that can happen to you today or at any point you can be filled again with the spirit so that the balloon just gets up to out here oh there you are the seal's gone (laughs) the balloon gets bigger now this is where there's a blockage and this is a great piece of teaching so if you haven't been listening too much so far hold on to this one because about this point god tends to say Okay, I gave you the Spirit. What are you doing with it? And until we start doing this, <laughs> you can't give us much more. But as you start giving it away, saying, My friends, my sister here needs some of what God's given me, and you blow the spirit on them as it were let's give Alison some works tough (laughs) and amazingly as you give away of what God's given you your capacity expands is that not amazing that's the way God does maths he says give away from what I've given you and I'll give you even more and he gives you more and more and more And if you sit on it and say, I'm just going to hold on to what I've got, actually the balloon's slightly leaky. And it doesn't take too long for you to be down here going, I wonder why I'm so dry. Because if you're not using what God's given you, it doesn't add up to anything much at all. Does that make sense? And so God says, I baptize you in the Spirit. It cleans you, it washes you, it puts my son's name on your life so that you're safe forever. But drink the Holy Spirit as well. And pass it on. Drink and pass it on. And pass it on. And gradually you get more and more of my son in your life. It's a lovely thing to be filled with the Spirit. It only really works over time if you keep passing the blessings on to the people around you in your Monday through Sunday life. That's what he calls us to do. 
And that's what Nicola and the band are going to lead us in receiving more of now.